Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, welcome to episode 27 of the Leading Off Podcast. As always, I am Matt Braun, and I'm joined by Cooper Carlson. Uh, Cooper, I finally decided to do this in a non-awkward way. How do you feel about that? Thrown off. Yeah, just thrown off. What the heck? What was that, man? I was ready to give it, you know, welcome to the uh, Two Random Guys podcast about one of the craziest weeks in MLB and Twins history edition thing, but just to make it less high whatever, I mean, it's not even awkward, so I don't even have to say anything, but here we go. You uh, you and Tom just bullied me so hard last <laughs> week, I had to change it. I was so ready for it this week, too, I was like, I know exactly what I'm going to say, but thanks, whatever. Yeah, of course, no problem, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I said, we have probably going to be one of the best episodes, we haven't even recorded it yet, because obviously that's not possible, but... <laughs> Looking forward to what's happening. I think we're going to have some fun. We're going to be talking about Josh Donaldson, Minnesota mm. Twins, of all of all things. We'll be talking about the uh, recent news, and by God, there was a lot of it about the Houston Astros cheating scandal. Uh, and then we're going to have Nash Walker of Twins Daily also uh, joining us to be talking about some things, and we'll do fan questions. And that'll be that'll be the episode. But I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> it- I feel like every week our uh, agenda or our itinerary gets shorter, but the topic's always more in-depth and it takes longer. It's it's pretty good. I think we're progressing. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, you'd like to get better as you do, like, 26 or mm-hmm. however many you've done? Right. Oh, hopefully. Although... Episode 4 probably had, like, 20 things we talked about. 20 to 25 bullet points. <laughs> uh, no kidding. Yeah, especially during the season. We used to right. have, like, an entire page. Full stuff, and now it's literally just four things. And it's like, <laughs> you really don't even need four. You could probably just do like three if we wanted to, but that's not the point. Yeah, but whatever. It's all good. We still have, we leave prospects, nope, and then looking ahead, nothing, sad face, all off season. I, I believe I typed that in however long it was, that like four months ago, maybe, yep. and no one changed it since, so that's just how it goes. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, let's dive head first into it. Uh, on Tuesday, quite possibly uh, the biggest news of a Twins po- uh, offseason ever. It's the fact that Josh Donaldson agreed to sign with the Minnesota Twins four years, $92 million with a, a team option for the fifth year for $8 million, potentially pushing up to $100 million. And holy shit, everyone lost their damn minds. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was always questioning, how would the Twins ever be able to top their blockbuster Urban Santana deal because that was always looking like it'd never be topped with how much they're paying for that number one deal in franchise history and they did it they pulled it off with third baseman Josh Donaldson I remember it was like what late at like 630 I was I work a desk job it's perfect for a college student like me and <laughs> on Twitter and it just went off on there 
you know, because we'd never had anything like it. And, yeah, if you said four years, 92, and we all thought it was going to be 110, too. I kind of did, maybe more. So that was probably one of the most surprising things about it. And the Twins have a new third baseman to look forward to. Well, uh, so a few things I have to say. First of all, this was another one where the news broke because you texted me. Because <laughs> uh, I didn't know about it. Uh, and, you know, I I know you have notifications. I have notifications for Prasan and Rosenthal. They were slow as hell with this. Ooh. I think it was uh, Feinstein, Mark yep, Feinstein, who, who had it first. Okay, oh, you have them. See, you're you're more in this than I am. I'm, I'm lagging behind. I guess I need to <laughs> catch up on that. But I had just come home from classes. Now, mind you, it snowed like hell where I'm uh, where I'm at uh, in Washington. I actually only had only had class on Tuesday. That's how wild this week. Okay, is. quickly. Okay. Be careful cuz in Minnesota it just snowed like a foot and a half. So everyone probably just cringed at you saying that. So Actually, no. Now, <laughs> now let me now let me say something. I need to defend myself here cuz I was born in the Midwest. I, yep. I have that Midwest blood in me. And I I spent a year in Montana, okay? So I do know what snow is. Now, Monday, I did post that picture, I think a lot of people saw, of when classes were canceled, and it was, like, hilarious how little snow we got. I was walking out of class when you posted that. I was like, whatever, man. That was funny. (laughs) That was really funny. I I couldn't believe it. And people were pitching about how terrible it is, and you guys guys are soft. But, like, (laughs) Wednesday? Wednesday and Thursday? It was legit, like, okay. This is some snow, and it's not just like it's not just the level of snow. It's the fact that no one in this godforsaken city is ready for it. Yeah. So it just snows a little bit, and like <laughs> there's just fire, like cars are just running into each other, <laughs> just like dying on the sidewalks. It's like it's like Moses bringing a plague. It's like the it's it's basically just like that. So the like wild scene from any apocalyptic movie you'll ever watch. Just, you know, yeah. all the cars and people panicking, pretty much. Uh huh. That's precisely it. So, oh, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, so Tuesday, Tuesday when, I, when I came home, uh, I came home from that, took a quick shower, and then, like, the second I got out, I saw your uh, text, and I was like, well, okay, uh, that's a lot to take in right now. I don't even, what did I send? Do you remember what I sent? I kind of blanked out for, like, an hour. <laughs> yeah, we all got, like, drunk on the science right. I remember none of it, yeah. You literally just said, uh, actually, I didn't even notice until now, you said the Twiz signed Josh Donaldson. You put the S before the N. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, when I type in all caps, nothing ever gets spelled correctly. Uh, true, out of correct. <laughs> uh, the one time you need it, it never saved right. But uh, we should actually get some analysis on this uh, without talking about just our reaction. It, like you said, uh, just blows away the Irvin Santana deal. By far the biggest deal in Twins history for a free agent, that is. Uh, I always have to have that stipulation. People keep forgetting about the Joe Maurer contract. It's like that. No, that did happen. That did happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it pretty much flips the entirety of this offseason to somewhat of a disappointment to pretty damn good. Just just like that, they finally put down the centerpiece of their meal. Whatever. Uh, if Tom were here, he'd say that they brought like <laughs> high quality ice cream and good beer to a party. Oh, uh, yeah, I kept trying to think of the analogy. I couldn't remember the one he used. There it is. Yeah. Shout out to Tom. And they, they finally they put the money where their mouth was, and they, they went and got it with no excuses. Yeah, and, I mean, obviously, the as you said, the offseason went from you, – I know you hate grading, but yeah. I'd say it went from, you know, C, C-plus maybe to – I'm giving it a B-plus, A-minus at this point. Like, they've done everything they needed to do, and then they've added that piece. Like, what more do you need besides – 
Yeah, I know. Starting pitcher, as everyone well, just said, as I said that, everyone. Again, yeah. I know. That'll happen. And I would like, you know, we can get into this different, but they'll probably do that at the deadline. So it, they'll get that, too. And it's been a good off season. So I'm sure everyone has heard all the analysis possible. So I'll ask you a question kind of that someone probably they haven't asked as much. Would you rather have Donaldson or Zach Wheeler or, you know, one of the top pitchers besides Cole Strasburg? Uh, so question with that, is that like for the specific deal they signed? Um, well, yeah, I guess, yeah. Yes, so if I want Wheeler, I have to take him for, what what was it, five years, 119 or whatever? Yeah, probably, yeah. Uh, yep. I think I might take Wheeler over him, but that's probably the only one. Really, like, I'd go Donaldson. Like, uh, really, Wheeler and Donaldson, you'd take Donaldson. I would. Donaldson provides you the impact you need. Every single game, day, game in and game out, you can acquire a starting pitcher just like Wheeler on the trade market. I don't know if you can do that with Josh Donaldson. Well, I mean, uh, kind okay. of sounds like Chris, Chris Bryant, no okay, one for, for the price, you, you, I'm not, yeah. you know, you can get a Wheeler type for not Royce Lewis, Alex Kirloff, and Bruce Dargraderall. Yeah, which is fair. Which, which is kind of why we've been harping on them so much for like, you know, please sign someone in free agency because we don't want to give away prospects. It's like. Money is just money. Like, obviously, I yeah. don't give a shit about that. You know, that's the, the poll ads. That's their business to deal with. But, like, prospects, that you're dealing with your future there more so than you are with money. So that's, yeah, that's kind of the problem. I, yeah, I still think I take Wheeler, personally. I guess, yeah, my stance is just if you're going to sign and trade, sign and trade for two players, one for each category, I'd rather sign a third baseman and trade for the starting pitcher because that just seems like you're giving up less in the end, if that makes sense. Giving up less mm-hmm. prospects than you would for an Arenado slash Bryant for the pitcher you'll need. And also, I, money type was lower, so, yeah. I guess, but I find it hard to find, like, a one-to-one comparison for, like, anything you can do there. Like, like for example, if you say the combo for the Twins is going to be you sign Josh Donaldson, let's say, trade for Matt Boyd, then if you want to, like, switch that and say, okay, you have to sign a starting pitcher and trade for a third baseman, I don't think there's a combo out there that can get you close. So I find it hard mm-hmm. to, like, compare if you if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I think – yeah, I think I get that. I guess hmm, – it is a tough question, one that I have been yeah. thinking about. And I guess I just go with Donaldson. As I said, the everyday impact outweighs the every fifth day impact that – uh, Homer Bailey will give you anyway because he'll be much. No, that's a joke. Don't. Oh, I'm just playing. All right. <laughs> no, but I, I guess, like Homer yeah, Bailey. Yeah. I do, but Zach Wheeler is also very good at baseball. But so is Josh Donaldson, and he plays every single day and provides great defense and elite bats. And yeah, I think that's who I would take. And I'm glad right. they did it. Well, I'm, yeah, that's why I'm glad this isn't a hypothetical as much right. because like they they got him. So. It's it's not like one of those games we had to play like a few weeks ago where it's like, you know, if you had this money, who would you sign? It's like, well, we already got this in our back pocket, so that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and I, my mind would probably – I don't know if I'd be thinking the same thing. You know, if we got Wheeler, I might right now be going, yeah, I'd rather have him than Donaldson every day, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that kind of does change, like, the, the rush you get like, exactly. just mentally and emotionally when they actually do that. We were just like – this is the greatest thing to ever occur, and I am on the verge of tears. Yeah. It's just like that kind of thing. I mean, yeah, pretty much. The whole night when it happened the morning after is like, I still do not believe it. Because we've been 
dealing with this organization. I'm not one to jump on the cheap train, but as we've said many times this offseason, you know, almost every episode, they haven't proven that they would go do it, and they did. So. When did it? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take credit that they read my article I wrote a few weeks ago saying that they should do it. <laughs> you Definitely. think this was all you? Oh, Bobby and Levine. Oh, okay, definitely. Okay. Certainly. I don't think there's anyone else you could like, like put the put the credit for except for me. Derek woke up, saw that, and went, "Dad, Dad, come read this. Have you seen this?" <laughs> they went, "Oh my gosh, he's right." Ah, shit! He's so right. <laughs> why, why are we even doing this? Literally any other way. Get Donaldson on the phone immediately. Yeah. Yeah, this, uh, well, not immediately because it took them a few weeks. But like, maybe they just refused to announce it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they kept it under wraps for a month. That's impressive. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah. I think, uh, like you said, this has kind of been analyzed to death since we recorded. Mm-hmm. The unfortunate thing about it coming out on Tuesday, and it's like, of course, on, on Twins Daily alone, I think there's like seven or eight right. articles about it. It's like it's all great stuff. It's great content. Don't mind. Like don't don't get me the wrong way. But it's just it's hard for us to then like exactly cut it any other ways. So uh, like if this was announced at noon today. We would that's all we would talk about. We would do nothing else. But oh, yeah. I mean anything we say, you'll probably whoever's listening will think, yep, knew that. <laughs> yeah, but you tell me Josh Donaldson's good at baseball. I'm not going to shot. That's great news. Yeah, that is. But uh, if we're gonna move on to our next topic, I want to talk about. Uh, now, we don't do this too often where we talk about other things in MLB, but this is, like, such a big event, it's hard to avoid. Uh, it's just been all around the news, and that's the Astros cheating scandal. Uh, the punishment for that was announced a few days ago. I I forget the day exactly. I think Wednesday, maybe? I guess it really doesn't matter. But uh, that came down, and it was it – was, they were fined $5 million. They were uh, lost – Loss of, yeah, I know, a lot of money. Loss of first and second round draft picks, and both A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lundhau were suspended for a year. And then subsequently fired by the team, but that wasn't part of the uh, part of the original um, punishment. Right. And I came in hot with the, this feels really weak take. Uh, I, I guess I was like the only one in that <laughs> boat, except for you, but you didn't publicly say it, coward. Yep. No, so, yeah, it's texted you and said, I agree, but I will not go on the record saying that, but oh well. But here you are <laughs> on record saying it. Well, yeah, now that people agree with me, I don't want to be hot ta- too, too hot takey out there like you. Not right. crazy. So, well, I wanted to talk about this for a few years. I wanted to like go into more depth about what I was trying to say. Cause I, can't, I, I really did come in hot with draft picks don't matter. And people were like, wait, what? What, what are you talking about? And so, I think there's a lot of stipulations to that part, that was kind of the part I, I, I specifically focused on, uh, because you know I think we can all agree the five million dollar fine is nothing. That's like laughable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more symbolic than anything. So I believe that's the highest uh, a team can be fined under the right. CBA. Right, that's one of the worst rules ever. But yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. It's like, what's the point? Right. And then other people point out, like, because they made the playoffs that year, they made like upwards of eighty five right. million. Right. I mean, yeah, they made it all back, obviously, yeah. and much more. Oh yeah, so uh, they won the World Series that year. Oh, did they? I hadn't. I hadn't heard. <laughs> Weird. Oh. Uh. So that that happened, and then for Lunhow and Hinch, I was kind of like, I get that, and you can't do much else regarding them. But I didn't see as much of a punishment for the Astros because I'm like, they got enough smart people in that organization and enough uh, enough quality candidates to step up, and I don't think it's going to hurt them too much. Now, eventually, as I said they did go and get fired, which was 
probably the right move. And I don't think they're ever going to get jobs in LMB anymore, which is also the right move. And I kind of, I kind of liked Hinch, but he was also like the most smarmiest bastard ever to exist. We remember all those comments he made where it's like, I like, uh, we're like the Yankees accused him of cheating or whatever, and he like laughed it off, and it's like, well, funny now. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a whole situation. In case you've missed anything, I'll just give it, you know, a couple second uh, recaps. TLDR. Uh, fires accuses Astros. Internet guy John Boy exposes them with video. Red Sox and Matt Mets are then believed to be involved. Months of absolutely nothing. Manager and GM fired. Cora fired. And the Red Sox Beltron fired. All hell broke loose everywhere. Beltron is a fake niece accusing Trout of using steroids. L- Logan Morrison accuses other teams of cheating. Uh, Clevenger and Trevor Bauer go off on Twitter and on video just saying they should be afraid to face the next pitchers. The Astros are then accused of using a buzzer. Jose Altuve videos come out where he's apparently saying, don't take my shirt off, I'm wearing a buzzer. None of the Astros apologize in videos, and now they're using it as a triumph over adversity story for this upcoming season. <sighs> well done. <laughs> I'm, pre- I'm Wow. This is all off the top of my head. I don't know if that's in order, but there you go. Wow. <laughs> uh, that sounded about right. The... And this is this isn't what I wanted to say, but this is just so hilarious—the most Mets thing ever. <laughs> they had to fire Carlos Beltran before he managed a single game. Oh man, we oh, we had like a two-month period during the season where all we talked about was how the Mets were awful and just couldn't do anything right, actually. And here they come, firing their manager after zero games managed. Oh boy, Tim I love comes. it. Uh, uh, Side note, um, imagine being Derek Shelton right now. You go to the Pirates, and now the Red Sox, the Mets, the Astros, jobs are all open. Like, that that sucks. Yeah, well, it sucked for him anyways because he, he went to the Pirates. Well, yeah, like, this just, you know, <laughs> just, oh, it just makes it so much worse. <laughs> so, uh, as far as I have to say regarding that, bring back Dusty Baker. He yeah. needs to be on a team. I don't care which team, but it's not a team. Um Anyways, let's let's refocus this. I need to get to my final my point so yeah. we can get Nash out. No, no, great job. You probably should have added more detail anyways because I just assumed everyone knew all this. Not <laughs> everyone like as plugged in as us. So I don't know. Oh yeah. But anyways, I need to I need to clarify my draft picks don't matter take because mm. well first of all they don't uh, they don't matter that much as much as I think people make it out to be and I, I specifically I'm not gonna pull up the tweet take me too long but I pointed out like, the specific names that would apply to regarding the Twins. And it was like, they'd lose Trevor Larnick, Ryan Jeffers, Keanu Cabeco, and Matt Cantonero. And it's like, you take that, let's say you lose Rocco and Thad Levine for a year, and you lose $5 million, but in return you win the World Series. That's a pretty damn sweet deal if you ask me. I don't know. I think I'd take that deal. Uh, Personally, I don't want a World Series if it means I have this on my record, like, always. Like, it's just a tainted World Series forever. At holier than thou, okay. Dude, it's, I mean, you just get no credit for it. Like, sure, you have won. It was fun for two years, but now it's just, I don't know. What do you deal with hope? all this? It's horrible, man. <laughs> you just have a World Series. Every time you say it, people are going to be like, nope, that didn't happen. Does not count. You are record, wrong. Record book disagrees. All right, I guess. I mean, sorry. I just would rather. Are you cheating? Are you orchestrating cheating within the Twins organization? Hey, uh, I'm I'm not advocating for it, but I'm not not advocating for it. Really? Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. All right. But anyways, so I wanted to say regarding the draft picks, I just feel like in MLB specifically, draft picks are so incredibly random. Mm-hmm. To the 
the point where it's just like, you know, if you take away four draft picks, and granted they are high level, both first and second rounders for the next two years, I don't see that as losing much. Now, the only stipulation that is, if that also includes, like, competitive balance picks, uh, and, like, picks you get uh, if a guy leaves and signs somewhere else for a big contract, uh, if if you don't get those picks at all, and it's like you don't get to draft in the first and second round period for the next two years, I think that would change my take because that could potentially be more, like, in the realm of six to seven picks, and that's a bit more harsh. Uh, if, the, if that would apply to the Twins, now you're talking about, like, not having Jose Barrios, and that kind of matters a lot. So... I don't, I don't know. I, unless that gets clarified for me, I'm still going to, like, fall, and that's a, this is a kind of a weak punishment. But maybe that's just me. No, I see where you're coming from for sure. Like, I mean, obviously – okay, I'll ask you, do you think players should get suspended? Because I, I guess I, I don't because I don't know how you decide which players get suspended, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement there. It's yeah. I'd love to do it, but it's like if you actually tried to figure that out, it'd be basically right. impossible. It's like they'd pick, you know, Bregman and Altuve, but then there'd be an uproar because why not? Why them and why not Marwin Gonzalez and, I don't know, Evan Gaddis. <laughs> Is he on the team? Then? Yeah, no, he was. He was. Yeah. He's suspended from wherever he is now, retirement. But yeah. anyway, yeah. I don't know. That's why I think they haven't suspended players just because how can you? Even mm-hmm. though apparently they're the ones that orchestrated it. It's just who do you pick? Yeah. You're always going to go with the, like, the head honchos and that's exactly. what also, with this is the last thing I'm going to say before we get into the interview with Nash. Uh, like, Lundhau, his comments were so strange because it came out just like, I don't know how this happened, but it's like you're the GM. Like, you oversee everything. Right. Yeah. And you have the most power in the organization. What the hell do you mean you didn't know this was going on? Right. Yeah, no, it's it's horrible. I mean, obviously, he's probably not telling the truth. <laughs> Trying to save face, get a job somewhere else eventually, but yeah, no. It doesn't make much sense. And I, I will ask, I know we got to get on with Nash here, but just quick mm-hmm. question. If uh, Mike Fires came out and exposed, say, the Detroit Tigers for doing this in 2019, do you think there would be any uproar or people just go, no. all right, whatever? No. <laughs> <laughs> it just popped into my head. That, that would be so sad if they were cheating last year. <laughs> I'd, I'd be sad for them. Mike Fires comes out and like, guys, do something. And everyone's like, no, I, no, I don't, I don't think so. Like, the Detroit Tigers were cheating. Like, okay. No, they weren't. <laughs> Man, like, like, whenever, whenever like, a triple-A guy with a 70 or gets popped for roids, and you're just like, guy. <laughs> right. What, what, what is you doing? <laughs> no, that's uh, pretty good, yeah. Anyway. Well, that was a good I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm uh, looking forward to this. We'll be getting into our interview with Nash coming up soon. All right, and we're back talking here with Nash Walker. How are you doing here, Nash? I'm doing good, Matt. Thank you. Of course, of course. Uh, so now we have two straight weeks with guests. Uh, they get all, although all three guests we've ever had are Twins Daily because that's all we can get, I guess. <laughs> hey, that's, those are big time. Those are big time. Me and Tom <laughs> can't get much better. I mean, Tom, but me, it's Tom. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I made the joke last week that that was a step up. I feel like I don't. Like, I don't want to insult you, but I can't make that joke again. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's fine. It's all good. All right. Even though you were just flexing on us like two minutes ago. No, right? I know. I was flexing on you. Yeah. No one else will ever hear about that. So. Slight flex is all around. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing <laughs> slight about that. 
nothing's life. So, uh, first first question, I kind of want to throw you a curveball here. Uh, this wasn't okay. on anything we put on, but I, I just kind of interested. How did you like get into Twins Daily, and how did you find them? Uh, so I loved uh, Gleaming and the Geek. I love that. So I listened to that. I've always been a Twins fan, but you know, the last couple of years were kind of rough for us. You know. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I was I was one of the, you know, I, I read a line in Dan Hayes' article the other day. He said, uh, you know, they want, the front office wanted to keep the rapport with the people who had turned their TVs back on, right, after these, like, the plenty of years where, where there wasn't as much attention to the Twins. I've always loved baseball, loved the MLB. My dad and I always went to Twins games, so I've always been a Twins fan. But I really got into it last summer because they were so fun to watch. And I started watching in April, and, you know, it was great from the very beginning. So, and Nelson Cruz is my favorite player growing up. So I was like, okay, they got Nelly. I got to watch. So <laughs> I started watching them when they got Nelly. And then I listened to Gleaming and the Geek. And I'm not too shy about, like, reaching out. I know sometimes, like, I get a little nervous and I'm scared of no one responding. But I, I reached out to John. I said, hey, John, how can I get involved with uh, Twins Daily? And he said, shoot me an email. And then we had a phone conversation. And you guys know how great they are over there. Like, oh, mm-hmm. let me write in. Like, I could not believe it. I was just like, just picked up the twins a few months ago, like wholeheartedly, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm I'm writing these blogs, and then now I get to write every Friday. So, uh, it it was John actually. I I DM John. That was that's how I got in, and then he he gave me the Tom on the email, and then the rest is history. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's... it was cool, and it happened so fast, and it was awesome, and and I've enjoyed meeting you guys, and and writing is is so fun, and I love the twins, obviously. So, it's been a joy. Huh. Yeah, I'm actually kind of in the same boat here. We both started, because I've kind of, for the last two years, kind of just kind of boring, tuned out a bit, but I guess yeah. 2017 was fun, but 2018 was just a letdown completely. But Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah, but this whole year was fun. I started at Twinkie oh Town in mid-summer. You know, Tom kind of hit me up and was like, hey, let me write in, just as you said, just just like that, went by fast. Yeah, and, it's just, I think that's are. the best part. I mean, it's just amazing that they do that. I, 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 It's hard to put into words. Like, I've tried to tweet it out before and be like, guys, exactly. daily, like, but it's just like they let kids like like me in. It's just amazing. I just <laughs> I couldn't right. believe it. Just so, college just students right on the side here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like they have an audience like Buck follows them and like right and more. Like, all these guys follow Twins Daily and like they're posting our articles, which is just like wild. Yeah, I haven't it's even like comprehended wild. that. Like or even taken it all in that like they're followed it's by those wild. kind of people. I know. And right, like, and I'm like, yep. Players, I guess people are gonna see this. Like, Rocco and all those guys are following, and it's like, I mean, among many others. So, I mean, right, it's just super cool. Super cool. But, yeah, that's my little story. It was John, uh, Gleeman and the Geek, and then, yeah, I was just crazy about the Twins this summer, and I'm still – that's carried over into the winter, guys. <laughs> noticed, yeah, just crazy about the Twins. You know that. Well, that's that's good to hear. Although, like, as you guys are talking, it kind of dawned on me right now. I'm the veteran of, like, this group. You are. <laughs> all right. And, like, I've only been here for one full year, so that's kind of weird. I don't know how to feel about that. Well, I'm, I've seen Tom say, like, you were there through some changes, and, and you knew Matt. Like, I, I feel like maybe I get accused sometimes of being a bandwagoner, you know? And, Matt, you you are definitely not. Uh, uh, thank, well, I guess so, yeah, with the what happened in my life. And, uh, although that sounds really dark when I put it like that. I just moved. <laughs> like, nothing. <laughs> it wasn't anything worse than that. Uh, yeah, yeah it, it's kind of weird. Although, to just throw my hat in the ring, uh, I was very similar. I just started like, like I saw them advertising. Oh, we have blogs. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then suddenly, like, I got posted because uh, every Super Bowl uh, Sunday they do a thing where they advertise people from their blogs. So oh, it's like one new, yeah, one new post goes up each hour. 
So I got posted. Now, that was like, I was the giddiest I've ever been. Like, I got posted. I'm like, no, I'm on the front, I'm on the front page. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> Somehow then I transitioned to a time. I was like, all right, what do you want to do? And I'm like, started writing about prospects. And then now I'm here. It's, yep. It's, it's so cool. It's that's yeah, awesome. That's cool. So uh, let's talk about some actual twin stuff. Uh, twin I think, stuff. They're going to be good again, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think something <laughs> happened this week, if you're aware of it. <laughs> Someone, someone big, I, I guess. Uh, yes, I think uh, what am I, Josh Donaldson is that? Oh, is that, that what it is? You might be flipping around the uh, the oh, letter. Oh, my bad. Yeah, Josh Donaldson. It's, I, I haven't it's, heard his, his name. His middle name's Adam. His middle name's Adam, by the way. <laughs> of course you know. <laughs> oh yeah, of course you know. <laughs> Joshua Adam Donaldson. That's, that's his name. Yep. Okay. I sorry, his middle name I'm, I'm sorry. I'm cutting you off. I'm just excited. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking. I thought his middle name was a uh, Rain. Or something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Something along those lines. Anyways. So, uh, how are you feeling about that? Because I feel like everyone's feeling pretty good about it. Oh, my goodness. I was uh, I was driving home from from home from Wyzetta, Minnesota, and I was driving back here to Mizzou, and my buddy texted me, Josh Donaldson signed with the Twins, and it's a buddy who told me, Matt and Cooper, that mm-hmm. JD was going to Washington. And I oh. said, listen, our Twins have a chance. And he texted me, Josh Donaldson signs with the Twins. I had to pull over to the gas station. I was screaming in a, like, a <laughs> Casey's bathroom, like, screaming, could not believe that they did it. And, oh, just so, I mean, I've been on cloud nine the whole week. I can't, I just, I'm watching highlights like you were, Matt, just <laughs> you were, too. Like, I just, I was on cloud nine because I grew up in, like, I, I don't want to make it a long-winded story, too, but I love Nellie Cruz, and I loved, uh, <laughs> I love that Blue Jays core. I loved Joey Bats and Donaldson and Encarnacion and Price. Like, I loved watching the Blue Jays play, too. So I loved J.D. And so I kind of, like, I, this offseason, like, I committed to wanting him to be a twin. And then when it happened, it was like, I'm, it's just, I'm lucky to be a Twins fan, you know. <laughs> it's just so cool. Yeah. A phrase yeah. not many people have ever said in their life. I know. You know. I, I just I feel like I'm I'm here at the perfect time. That's just what I always feel like. But to, that they might have Josh Donaldson batting second and Nelson Cruz batting third in 2020. In the next, I mean, I don't know how long now he's going to be there, but I mean, at least in 2020 is so exciting. I mean, that's just so exciting. For me, Nash, actually, whenever I'd think of Josh, because I knew you were such a big fan of him, so whenever I'd oh, think of sure. Josh Donaldson, you would also. I mean, immediately oh, I go, oh, goodness. Nash, too, of course, because oh, number one well, when fan. He, when he strikes out, don't think of me. When he hits a dinger, <laughs> when he, when he hits a dinger you can think right, of me. Then I'll like, go, oh, yes. Nash, that was Nash. He definitely, like, marketed it, and he wanted him to come. <laughs> oh, yeah, you were. You, but, yeah, you were all over it the whole time. Dude, it got to the point where I was like, I, I would, like, be looking at my tweets, and I was like, I'm not going to send this one. I was like, I just, I don't know if I should. I was like, I don't know if I should do it anymore. Like, I've said, but I'm like, if I'm going to be all in, I'm going to be all in. So I like, right. I talked about it every single day on the podcast. Like, <laughs> there were no updates, but I'd make updates. I'd be like, yeah. So, uh, and I'd be like, I read this, and I'd like really read into these lines from reports. Oh, yeah. like, oh, this definitely means that like he's going back to Atlanta, or like, oh, I think he's really considering Washington, or he's going to Minnesota. Like, I just bought in completely. And I think especially all of us, like you guys too, when Wheeler signed, like I think we all kind of shifted. Right, like I think we all like shift. Like you guys really liked Ryu, and I liked Ryu too. I think Cooper, you did too. I know Matt liked Ryu. Yeah, I was in, yeah. I was big on Ryu. For yeah, a while. I think you guys liked Ryu. I think we all had to adjust because we were all on the Wheeler train. 
And I like Donaldson, too, but I was like, you know what? Like, I get it. They're going after pitching. Best offense in baseball last year, you know, second to the Yankees in runs. So I understood that, and I knew Donaldson was a long shot. But as soon as Wheeler went, I was like, yeah, J.D.'s, <laughs> JD's our guy. I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna buy into J.D. And then when they did it, I just I, – I still can't believe it. Like, I'm waiting for him to get to Minnesota and not <laughs> – and be like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I, I'm waiting for him not like to announce that it's not happening. Like that's how crazy it is to me that I just can't believe that he did that. But I do have some fun Josh Donaldson stats if you guys want to hear. Always. Oh, of course. Okay, so, uh, so I've been doing this for like days in my dorm, just like <laughs> on finger, like as the last three nights. I'm like, I'm an RA here, so the residents are coming back in, and I'm welcoming in, but. Uh, the last three nights I've been sitting here just looking up fan graphs, uh, Josh Donaldson stuff. So since 2013, among all third basemen, first in OPS, first in uh, weighted runs created plus, 145. He's second in walk percentage, and uh, he's a beast. I don't know if you guys knew that. But also in high, <laughs> high leverage spots since 2013, number one, I don't know if you know who number one would be. It's not Donaldson. Uh, Arenado? I don't know. Mike Trout. Uh, oh, oh, I thought you meant well. third baseman only. All right. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Well, yeah. Oh, all now. I'm sorry. That was among third baseman. He's first in OPS, first in uh, yeah, runs created okay. plus. Um, but high leverage periods since 2013. I think I'd put like 200 minimum at bats. It's Trout sure. number one, 1,061 OPS. Two is Donaldson, 970. So I mean, we know he's a gamer. Like it's just he's again. I'm, I I had to write another article at Twins Daily. You guys might read it on Friday, but it's just like the ultimate <laughs> asset. Joshua Adam Donaldson, like the best baseball player of all time. So uh, I mean, we know he's a gamer, and I think what the Twins lacked, and I could just talk about him all night. But I think what the Twins lacked is that star, right? I mean, I know yeah. Nelly. Nelly was their guy. Like Nelly is still their guy, and he's such a beast at the plate. But I think they lacked like this exuberant, like, both sides of the ball, just beast who's a winner and, like, has been to so many playoffs or been to the postseason so many times, I should say, and is just a monster. Like, I think they just lacked, like, that, like, five or six war guy, and that's why it was so exciting. And that could have been someone like Wheeler, but, I mean, that it is Donaldson, someone that I've loved forever, is, like, unbelievable. What's yeah, that's think- interesting that – sorry, Cooper, I got to No, you're good, you're good. Uh, I just wanted to say this one thing. It's interesting you make that point because I was uh, talking with Andrew about this. He kind of said something similar where it's like the Twins don't have many like elite players. They do have an incredible amount of like great players. Right. Like, like they probably arguably have uh, off the top of my head a top ten player at not if not each position, most positions. They're but so like, deep, right? But they wouldn't be much higher than ten. Like, right. So – uh, I think you're right with Donaldson. That's kind of like the guy. He he, you know, ex MVP. Like he yep. he is capable of that. Yeah, Cooper, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say, um, you know, I, of course, maybe Kepler or Buxton can reach that level in the next coming years or someone like that. But as you said, it's just t- nice to get that guy that can fill that role because that's kind of people look at the Twins team and they don't really know. You know, you got Cruz and exactly. a few more guys that could potentially break out. Exactly. You know? I just think about like I was watching the ALDS in this room, obviously earlier mm. in the uh, in the uh, the old heartbreak session uh, game one. <laughs> I was thinking like when they show the Yankees and Twins, like they show Aaron Judge, like that's the guy they show. When they show the Astros, like they're going to show Justin Berlander, Derek. I mean, they got plenty in Houston. It seemed like for every team in the playoffs, like they had a guy to show, and they showed Nelly for the Twins, and I thought that was great because Nelly was the face of the Twins. But I feel like the guy they're going to show for the next four years is going to be Josh Donaldson. 
Like, I think they're going to show him. When you think of the Twins, it's going to be like JD's team. And I don't know, like, maybe that, maybe we don't like it that way and, and he won't age well and, and we're banking on that or I'm banking on that. But I see him as being, like, the face of this team for the next four years. That's just how I see it. No, yeah, I'm actually right with you. And, of course, I mean, I've been – I'm big on – Kepler and Buxton, too. I think either of them could step up and be just as good, if not better, than For Donaldson sure. these four years. And sure. But yeah, as you said, the guy they'd show on the Twins, you know, would be someone like Eddie Rosario or you know, someone who's not every, everyone knows him, but right. he's not like the star on the team. You know, the Astros, they have Verlander Cole, the garbage can. The Yankees have Judge. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that joke was going to be in there somewhere. I had to drag it out, but. Yeah, anyway, I, w- I wanted to actually ask you, Nash, I asked Matt this question before you came on. Um, uh-huh. it, would you take Wheeler or would you take Donaldson if you could have either one of them on their current deals? That's a really good question. I haven't. I, I don't know if I've thought about, like, Wheeler or Donaldson as much. I'd rather have sure. Donaldson than, don't kill me, but I'd rather have Donaldson than Ryu on the four-year Oh, yeah. For sure. Uh, okay. That's, yeah, that's, I think that that's certain for me. Um, you know, at the time, I definitely would have said Wheeler. Like, if Wheeler was still available, I think mm-hmm. I would have been like, yeah, I mean, on this team, it, it makes the most sense to get Zach Wheeler. I mean, we know that. And I'm not sitting here, like, drinking the Twins Kool-Aid, like, feeling amazing <laughs> about the, their rotation. But I think, like, this was pro- – if I made a list, I probably would have put Donaldson second. Like, I, I would have had Wheeler, I think, above Donaldson because Wheeler was, like, the Twins guy for all of us. Right. Like, like he was, like, we all wanted Wheeler. Twins Daily and people all wanted Wheeler. We were very, very open about wanting Wheeler, and and you know Doogie was tweeting about Wheeler, and like it just seemed like Wheeler was a, was a future twin, you know. Right. So we all like kind we of committed. Set, we were set on Wheeler, and then it didn't happen, and we were kind of lost. And then yeah, I would have put Donaldson second, and there's a good chance he has just a, just as big of an impact. But I think the mm-hmm. Twins do have to trade for that arm or sign someone again, sign another arm in the off season. Well, yeah, that's it's. Yeah, go it's ahead, kind of man. funny, like, what you're saying with Wheeler, where it's like it felt like Wheeler was going to happen, but it didn't. Like, the exact <laughs> opposite was true with Donaldson. Yeah. Like, literally the week before he signed, it, the Twins are pessimistic about their odds oh, of signing Donaldson. Was, and then Doogie cool. came out with, uh, like, what he guessed the Twins' offer was, and, like, Twitter burned down for an hour. I know. I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> but it worked out, so. It was so fun to follow, like. I was just trying to keep up, and it, now it sounds like the Braves are not even close. Like, it seems like Donaldson said the Braves were nowhere even even <laughs> the Twins. And then we're here, and the Braves are at four, and then we don't know where they're at. We don't know where the Nats are at. Where the heck are the Twins? And it was just like this huge thing that we followed. But another big thing with Donaldson, another fun Donaldson stat for you guys. Uh, minimum 120 plate appearances in 2019. This is hard hit percentage against lefties. And I know I tweeted out the uh, – uh, weighted runs created plus against lefties for this lineup, too. Mm-hmm. But number one's Judge. Tied for second is Nelly Cruz with Hunter Dozier. Four is Garver. Five is Sano. And six is Donaldson. <laughs> oh, so the, the Twins have four of this top six uh, hard hit percentage against lefties from 2019, which is just wild. And then OPS against those lefties, minimum 120 plate appearances. I don't know if you guys have seen, but Donaldson had a down year against lefties last year. But in his career, he's just destroyed them. But Cruz, okay. Garver, and Sano are all over a thousand, or were all over a thousand in 2019. Those were all top 15, and then in a good year, Donaldson's like a 950 to a thousand OPS against lefties. <laughs> so, and I mean that's in his regular. Like I think his career OPS against lefties is close to 950, if not more than that. So, I mean, this lineup against lefties is going to be unbelievable. As if it already wasn't good enough last year, you know. I, I mean, know they were number one. They were number one in OPS last year against. <laughs> 
Now they Give me them. number zero now or however that goes. <laughs> best, best ever. Best ever. I don't know. Uh, so I got to – let's, let's kind of like – no, like you said, we could talk about this all night. Oh, and I know. You know. As, much, you as much fun as that would be, I think we should have some sort of like – Let's a, transition. Yeah, let's transition here. So yeah. uh, one of the things you want to talk about and you actually ended up writing uh, an article about was uh, kind of the implications of this Donaldson deal – uh, in regards to what the Twins could do in their starting rotation. Uh, because now the kind of question, you know, and they haven't fully answered that question of well, how are you going to fix the rotation? Because they kind of have, but also haven't. Uh, and now we're kind of getting at, does this Donaldson deal now buy them some more time where they can afford to wait until the deadline? Or should they still press forward and go trade for a pitcher sometime before the season starts? And I think that's the question. Yeah, I look, I mean... I, I hate to do this because we don't know how good teams are going to be right out of the gate, especially. But, like, I just look at their schedule, guys, before Pineda returns, and it's fairly weak. Like, two of the first 11 teams they play, only two made the playoffs in 2019. So, oh boy. as far as, like, bridging the gap, I think they can do that. Uh, but, I mean, we'd all like to see them get a 10-game lead going into, like, <laughs> like you know, going into June, and they're not going to do that, I don't think. Uh, with this rotation. I mean, they certainly could, and they could come out and just destroy like they did last year out of the gate and just pound teams. Into, they started 40-18 and 18 last year. I mean, they could do that again. And their their rotation, I don't think, is any better this year than it was last year. I also don't think it's any worse than it was last year at this time. You know, so uh, I, I think because of that schedule, and I think Donaldson just makes them a better team with the defense and just adding his bat to the lineup, I think you can wait and survey at the trade deadline. I'd like to see him do it now, and I think we all would. But I, I do think, guys, and I want to, I want to hear what you have to say too. That the prices are ridiculous right now. Like I really believe that, or else I think they would have done it. I mean, that's my only, that's my conclusion. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with that, but I just think the prices are probably crazy right now. Yeah, um, I think even going back to the last trade deadline, like we'd hear about Matt Boyd, he's kind of slowing down. He wasn't even one of the. Of course, he has a bunch of years control left, but. Right. Tigers, a horrible team, were asking for like major league caliber caliber players. Like one of the rumors was Glaber Torres for him. It's like, <laughs> it's it's like you're, you're losing. Yeah, you're losing 115 this year. You're trying. What are you doing? Like, yeah, take crazy. down the price hey, a bit. And they're only going to lose talent. 112. Yeah, Torres. I just don't get it. Like the price <laughs> for all these players is awful. Like even Robbie Ray, like one year left to control, and it just seems like. It's just too high to even consider I it. Feel like, I, mean, I know. I feel like it's crazy. Like, we don't know. Right. We're not in the, we're not in the war room, but, like, we just feel like – or else they, I feel like they would have done it. Like, exactly. why not? You know? So, I just feel like the prices right now, especially for those top guys, like, if they wanted a Syndergaard or something, I think it would just be just wild at this point. So, I mean, when you think about it like that, I, I'm in the camp, and I think you guys are too. Like, I get worried when people talk about the winning window stuff, like I hate hearing that. That's like my biggest pet peeve. It like gives me the, like the hair stand up on the back of my neck. I'm like, I can't, I need them to have like a, a big window, you know? And I think their mm-hmm. key, key to doing that is not stripping the farm, you know? Right. I think they, and they know that. And so I don't know if I'd support right now, like paying a premium. Everyone says, just pay up. The twins got to pay up. It's right. Like, Right now you say that, and then when they're uncompetitive or not competitive in even five years, if they're competitive for the next five years, like, let's make this, like, an eight-year window. I know that's greedy, but to be honest with you, like, I like these prospects a lot, and it's Twins Kool-Aid again, but, like, I love Alex Kirilov, and I like Larnack, and, and Duran looks amazing. Like, I want to talk about him, too. But, like, it just looks great in the farm. They're a top-ten farm, and I want them to keep these guys, you know? 
So I, it's just so hard, and I'm sure it's hard for you guys too to gauge that that balance. Yeah, it's it's. So I want to I want to put in my two cents, and the two cents are literally just two points I want to make. Uh, funny how that works out. So the first of which uh, was kind of like the prices, and I like you said, it's hard to know obviously because we're not in the know. And off the top of my head, like the only major starting pitcher trade this last off season was Corey Kluber to the yeah. Rangers. And which in of itself was kind of like its own deal, and the price on that felt awfully low. But it's hard to like overanalyze that as like this is the, the gauge for starting pitching market because obviously it's just one deal, so you don't know. Right. Uh, and, and then my my other point was going to be like if you're going to sign Josh Donaldson, and if you're going to kind of like you know not outright say, but kind of imply, you know, we're going to start to put our chips in maybe a little bit. Why stop there? You know, yeah. why have an incomplete, quote-unquote, sort of offseason head into a season where you're looking at two rookies in a starting rotation when you've already made the point that this is going to be, like, a strong contention year? It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. No, I, I agree with you, Matt. And I think the question there, too, is, like, uh, how bad is this rotation going to be? You know, and I, we don't know. There's no way to know that. And, I mean – it's it's another question too. Like I think uh, Matt Taylor wrote that article about would you push your chips in to win the World Series? And I do think there's a balance in that. Like I I think that the Twins have a surplus of outfielders, and you guys talked about that with Tom, and I'm glad you did because I think it's true. It just objectively is true. And I I think they have great arms coming up, but I think that they are going to have to make some decisions with these guys, and not everyone has a spot, especially with JD in the infield now. You know, and they're going to have to make decisions. And, and Gleeman and uh, Bonus talked about it today. And, yeah, I agree with you. Like, I think they should make another move with Donaldson. I just get really, really weird and, and creeped out by moving a big-time prospect. Like, I, I'm, I think I'm on the same wavelength as them as a pole-ad prospect protector. <laughs> <laughs> I have not heard yeah. that one. I like that. <laughs> I, you should put that on a T-shirt. Uh, yeah, they definitely are. I'll tell you, I think they are. I think they are. It's very, I very much, like, sympathize with that point because I, I have this weird double think where it's just like, yeah, they should obviously trade for a guy. But when it comes to, like, putting in names, I'm like, hell no, we're going to trade for no, no, no. crazy. <laughs> but, I wrote yeah. that article, and you guys thought I was wild for those, for those, uh, those deals that I wrote. And it was mm. hard. Like, it was, and I, like, convinced myself. I was like, oh, like, this has got to happen, and, like, they need to push their chips in. And I know that was crazy, but. I mean, that honestly might, and I, I could be wrong again, but that might be where the prices are, like, close to. Because you look at a team like the Angels, what are they doing? Like, I just, I don't get it. I You don't have a rotation. You just signed Anthony Rendon. You could ask the same question to them. Like, aren't you guys going to push your chips in a little more? Their rotation, I think, is much worse than the Twins. And what that tells me is that these prices are, in fact, ridiculous. You know, and because I, I think otherwise the Angels and the Twins would have added right now. And, and I, I think it is a really tough time of year, too, and that's why I was maybe talking about waiting until the trade deadline, but do we really want to watch those those youngsters start every fourth and fifth day? And then if you see Odorizzi or Brios go down, this rotation's done. You know, I mean, what are they going to do at that point? Mm-hmm. So it, it really is tough, but I agree with you, Matt. Like, I think there should be some chip pushing, but I just hesitate to push, like, a big $25 chip in, you know? Yeah. I can kind of, although I'm not a gambler, so uh, I would not know, <laughs> I would not know the God. context to that too much. God, that's a good thing. It doesn't sound good. Yeah, I, I like to waste my money on other frivolous things. So, uh, you know, that's just where I'm at. Um, I think 
Unless you have something to add, Cooper, because I kind of cut you off a few times. Um, so. Yeah, I'm sorry, Cooper. No, it's all good. I, I, You guys pretty much nailed it all. I was just going to say, you, Nash kind of nailed this, too. The Twins have the depth in the rotation is kind of, you know, what is it? Odorizzi, Barrios, Bailey, then, you know, Dom name Mac two out of the next, right, two out of the yeah. five. There. That's a home opener, Homer Bailey right. to you. Yeah, that's <laughs> what it is. Oh, man, yeah, exactly. And then when Rich Hill and Michael Panetti get back, like, you have the potential for a solid rotation with those five that I listed, including now Hill and Bailey, you know, Burrios, Odorizzi, Bailey, uh, Hill, Pineda. If those, you know, with those five, it's a solid rotation, but what's the likelihood of, you know, all five of them being healthy at one time? And then behind it, you don't know just how good Thorpe and Dobnak and all them are going to be. Of course, they could be. They're, they'll probably be pretty, av- you know, average starting pitchers, but you just don't know. And I was... But, yeah, when you put it the way that you did with the Angels and stuff, the prices, I don't know if I'd be willing to pay up. But, just, you know, they do have the prospects, and they do have the players under control on the major league team to be able to give up some prospects here and there. But if the prices are where we think they are, I don't know. It's just – it's it's a tough call. It is, and I, I do think they're going to be a good team regardless. Right. I think they were, they were going to be a good team without Josh Donaldson. So, and, you know, it, it also is a perception of how close you think the White Sox are, like how legitimate mm-hmm. are the Indians still. So it's a perception of that as well. But then if you get past, like, okay, I think on paper they're a better team than the Indians, they're a better team than the White Sox. If you get past that, it's, okay, now we're thinking about October. And then mm-hmm. at that point you're saying, why don't we wait until the trade deadline when maybe prices are down a bit? You know, but that's a gamble. That's absolutely a gamble because what if the White Sox come out and Luis Robert hits, like, 300 and he's got a 950 OPS which is like the scariest thought and like Yasmani hits like 25 in the first half like 25 dingers and then like Eloy's like super like think about that and then think of being down at the deadline or just like close in the division and then this I feel like people will just blow up like I feel like at that point it's like you didn't get pitching you said you would look what happened and then it feels like and then it just feels like disaster so you're risking that, and I think you're risking the White Sox upside, and you're risking the Indians just hanging around. So it, it is a risk, and, and it's a balance for sure. But I'd like to see him do it. I mean, I'd like to see him do it too, but I also don't think that they're going to be crazy about moving Royce or, or Kirilov or, or any of those guys even. Yeah, you're like any of the top four or five, I mean. You're basically risking being the 2019 Indians. Yep. Yep. But how much do you think Donaldson mitigates that risk? That's what I was trying to ask. Like, how much yeah. do you think Donaldson fills that gap? Because the Indians did nothing, right? I mean, they did nothing. They were cutting. Hey, this, is a, this is an insult to Cesar Hernandez, okay? <laughs> I will not, I will not yeah, sorry, sorry. He took yeah. his own $6 million. I mean, they give me $6.5, <laughs> 6000000 He's going to be fine. But, I mean, I just look at those two teams, and I might be, uh, again, Twins Kool-Aid, cocky Twins fan. But I do think, like, the Twins are a lot better than both those teams on paper. But we haven't played a game. And, right. you know, again, they are risking. You're right, Matt. Like, they're risking being – I think Matt said it, right? Matt, they're risking being those the 2019 mm-hmm. Twins. And that would suck. Like, how bad would that suck for the White Sox to be good? Like, that oh. would just – that would hurt so badly. Not even as, like, being that the Twins aren't, like, aren't in it or aren't the, uh, the central champs. It's just that it's the White Sox. Like, this makes me sick. I just <laughs> – I can't hurt I can't handle the Sox. Like, I, the Sox hype train, and I know it's probably driven you guys crazy, too. And, like, we don't mm-hmm. have to go on a tangent about the Sox, but, like, it is driving me nuts. Or has driven me nuts. Like, I'm good with Donaldson now. I was a little nervous before. But, like, I that hype train 
has has driven me crazy this off season. I think it has. I have like I completely forgot they existed because they were eliminated like early September, so I stopped giving a shit. <laughs> so it's like I, I and then, then then like you like you said I I was pulling on it like you just put on Twitter like even like a month ago and you'd see people hyping up the White Sox after they signed like Encarnacion and Keuchel and I'm like yep. I I go back to um, Baseball Reference and I'm like they only won 72 games last year like. Yep. The amount of people hyping it up, you thought they were at least at 500, but not even. No, and I think, you know, it's Chicago, and MLB wants them to be good, and so they hype it up as well. Like, pass, and it'll be like, oh, the Sox are going to be great. Like, there's, they might be, and I'm not downplaying the Sox talent at all. Like, I think they're talented, but I think it's overhyped because it's a big market. The Sox haven't been good in a long time. The Central's down. They want to, like, hype up the Central and hype up the competition, and, and that, I mean, when I look at it from that angle, it's all good and fine until they get on the field and the Twins are just better, you know, but that's my confidence in our club, too, especially with J.D. in the fold now. I think it just takes them another step further, but, uh, yeah, I don't want to go on a Sox tangent too much. I think we could, again, have a full episode about the Sox, but that has bothered me this offseason for sure. I mean, not even just their signings, like, just the, the craziness around the Sox has been, has been eye-popping. Yeah, I mean, of course, they go sign Dallas Keuchel, who would be, you know, for fifty-five million. I don't remember what the contract exactly yeah, was, but around three 50, for fifty-five. 55. I think, right. he, I mean, if he pitches one hundred and sixty innings, he gets to like seventy-two over four. Jeez, and yeah. Oh, if the Twins sign that contract, I would be. That would be awful. He's out. Right. He's like what? He's behind. He's worse than Michael Pineda. Like, honestly, oh, yeah. it's just it's rough. And we got him for two twenty. So. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, and it's just because yeah. they're new. They're new. Like if right. Michael's coming back, like, and that's what uh, uh, Gleeman was saying today on their show uh, that you know they re-signed Odorizzi and Pineda, and people weren't excited because they're not. Right. New. But it's like, oh, Keiko's like the shiny. And he, oh, he won the Cy Young like eight years ago. Sounds <laughs> you know? like I think it was like three years ago. Right. right around that. He yeah. had a fine year last year in his half season, but his FIP was like four seventy two. So I mean, I mean, I don't think you can. And their infield defense is not good. So, without breaking down each of those signings, I agree with you that if the Twins did that, it would have looked really desperate, in my opinion. That would have looked like a desperation, like, cast out that they would go get Dallas Keuchel. He's so, also I mean, a left-handed starter who will have to face a certain team in the AL oh, Central. <laughs> and Matt tweeted, I think, Matt, you tweeted at me the other night, like, yeah, yeah. like imagine being Dallas Keuchel in this division. I was like, <laughs> I, I cannot wait. I'm sorry, Dallas, like. I think he's a fine dude, and I had some interest in him <laughs> this offseason, but uh, I feel bad for him now. Hey, like, I'm here for how many years? Three? <laughs> four? Oh, and no. Jay, JD's here for like five, maybe. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, if you guys don't mind, Matt, I, I, I don't want to go off too much of your script, but I mean, I want to ask you guys about uh, JD's like age decline and what you guys think about the four-year deal. Because Tom's coming on the Lockdown Show tomorrow, and then Cooper, you're on Thursday. Matt, I'll probably have you again, like, next week or the week after if you're not too good for school. All right. Those are um, my plans right now. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got Corey Koski, but you can come on, like, before. Oh, there No, I was going to say, I'm asking Tom tomorrow, like, what he thinks of the four-year deal. What do you guys think of, like, four years for, for J.D.? Just to go back to him for a second. Yeah, Matt, I'll take this first. That's, um, go right ahead. I don't want to cut you off again. <laughs> That's all good. You really, I feel like, (laughs) yeah. Uh, For the (laughs) Twins, I think for this front office who has shown almost, you know, no risk-taking with what they've been doing, for them to offer a four-year deal to a 34-year-old third baseman, I think they're extremely confident in his, in how he's going to age. Like, I don't think they would do this if there was, like, 
a lot of rest because that's just not what they do ever. They've proven that, mm-hmm. and they've shown that. Like, and I I trust them. I mean, I'm I'd be with them because if they sign this, like they obviously think he's worth the 92 million up to his age 38 season and possibly one more. Like it to me, this is one of the best front offices in baseball. So I trust their evaluation of him and. I mean, I hope I'm not wrong, obviously, but I, I think, I think he'll age just fine, personally. Well, so there, I think there's a lot of levels to a, a question like this, and the, the first and obvious, uh, most thing that everyone brings up as far as big contracts go, uh, is that during it, you're always paying for the immediate now. And it's like mm-hmm. you're not giving Donaldson 23 uh, million a year for his age 37 season. Like you're obviously not doing that. You're doing that because he was a five to six win player last year. And you anticipate that, if not, you know, happening again, coming really close to it for the next yep. few years. And, you know, and you kind of like down the road happens when it's down the road. We'll worry about that. We'll cross that bridge when it comes. Uh, and so the fact that they're able, that the Twins finally like did that and accepted that, uh, like kind of what Cooper is saying is pretty cool. And if you want to talk about aging curves, I'm not like a scientist regarding this. Hell, I'm not even much of a I'm not even much of a writer regarding this, okay? Uh, but narratively, it feels to me that Donaldson would be the type of guy who could age better, more like an Adrian Beltre type, whereas, you know, he's got great defense. His speed is still somewhat there. His exit velocity numbers last year just were still blowing people out of the water. Uh, and I wonder how much uh, him breaking to the league kind of late, uh, like, feeds into that. Because I think he broke in when he was like twenty, yeah, he was like twenty-six, something. twenty-seven. He's kind of like Matt Chapman. But yeah, I think about that too. Kind of like Nelson Cruz with everything like you're pretty much saying here. Yeah, it yeah. Is. What if he yeah, was I like... keep. I was gonna say I keep coming to Nelson Cruz because we talk about aging and Cruz is here right. almost forty. Exactly. You know, still hitting dingers at like a ridiculous pace. It's like obviously Father Time undefeated. He will be undefeated until there is no Father Time. But uh, for. The remainder of the deal, at least, I anticipate that he will be what we expect from Josh Donaldson to at least passable Josh Donaldson light. I don't anticipate, like, this massive, horrible, decrepit fall-off. No, and I don't either, and, and I agree with you both. And hear me out on this point. I could be completely incorrect or, or just crazy for saying it, but <laughs> re-signing a guy like Sergio Romo for $5 million, in my personal opinion – Sergio Romo himself, not the pitcher, Sergio mm. Romo, like having him in the bullpen and having him in the clubhouse is worth $5 million to me if I'm Derek Falvey and Levine. And then whatever he gives you on the mound, I think is extra. Like, I think he's that type of guy that gives you so much because of his experience and his World Series uh, pedigree. He's got three World Series championships and he's just this great attitude and he knows so much about pitching and relieving and I think his benefit, similar to Nelly last year, of course, Nelly just destroyed the ball. But similar to Nelly, Sergio gives you that benefit. And I think Donaldson in his fifth year, if you have to pay him $8 million to maybe DH, not even every day, DH, you know, hit like 250 with an 810 OPS even. I mean, or even if he was like 730 or something below 800, which is just crazy to think about for him. Uh, and he did that. And he was just a guy in your clubhouse that was a leader and, and brought that attitude and a winning mantra, which he does. I think that's worth it. Like, I, I think we undersell the, the presence in the clubhouse aspect of not only the Josh Donaldson signing. I think Nelly Cruz, we know. We've heard about that a lot. Sergio, we've heard about. I think you're going to hear about it, too, with Josh Donaldson. And they heard about it in Atlanta as well, that not only does he bring that on the field, 
But in the clubhouse, he's a beast. I mean, like, he's just a winner, and he's he's got this grit, and I know not everyone likes him, and, and like, he's very outspoken and confident, and I just think that, like, he's going to be so good for this clubhouse. That, In my opinion, it might be, like, oil and water, but in my opinion, I think it's going to be really good for the clubhouse. I actually, yeah, I agree with you. I think as Twins fans, we've seen a few times like this in the past, like, the 2015 year, I think we had Torrey Hunter leading it when the Twins almost came from nowhere and made the playoffs, and Chris Jimenez was another player like that, just backup catcher who was, like, leading the team from the outside. Like David Ross. Right, yeah, exactly. Like our own, and uh, as you said, if Nelson Cruz would have hit 750 OPS last year, but he helps to know become the player he is, like, that's worth money on its own, and of course, he was one of the best players in baseball, so that's cool too, but yeah, I agree with you on all that. I think it's very valuable to have a guy like him, for sure. Well, I think, uh, like, if you want to, like, roll us into Clubhouse, it's fair. But, uh, I mean, you just go on, like, hop on YouTube and look up Josh Donaldson clips. He's always talking about hitting and his ideas to hitting. And it's, like, a lot like what we guessed Nelson Cruz would do to guys last year. You feel like he could bring that to some other guys this year. I'm not sure think how the Twins could be better at hitting. But think about Royce, Matt. Like that light yeah. kick. Mm. I just keep coming back to that. But, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you off. I just get so excited. Yeah. <laughs> well, go ahead. I, I hadn't considered it, but off the top of my head, I mean, he's kind of a, a similar massive leg kick type of guy. You know, Donaldson has always had that somewhat unique swing. So uh, I was referring to more of the major league guys, but if you want to bring up yeah, prospects, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, I feel like that point is equally valid, if not more so, where it's like, you know, this is a guy, how long has he been in the league? Eight, eight years, nine years at this point? Uh, obviously won an MVP, has been there and done that. He can, you know, show these guys the ropes, can show them uh, ideas, how to play, how to hit. Maybe you can teach Miguel Sano how to play some defense. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I just think, like, I I just still, again, I can't believe that they got him. Like, I honestly think he's going to be that, that type of addition. And he might not be, but I think he will be. <laughs> like, I really, <laughs> really think he will be special for the twins and i went as far to say i i think i texted friends i would never in a million years tweet a take like this because god forbid i get put on old clothes but (laughs) i did say to my friends like josh johnson will be on the next twins world series team that's what i said maybe not the next winning twins world series team but i think he will be on a twins team that makes it to the world series that's as far as i went for Josh Donaldson. Like, I think he's that sort of addition for this. And for the front office, too, Matthew Trueblood, who now writes for Twins, and he's coming on the show on Wednesday, I think, or Tuesday. Uh, but he wrote that great article, too, like the bringer of rings. And I just, like, that got me so excited, uh, too, about I think he's right. Like, I think J.D. turns the front office around, too, and that now they're open to deals like this. And maybe they were before and they just didn't pull the trigger. But I think he's right that they'll never be the same. And that, for us, has to be just so exciting to think that they're going to be in the running for free agents in the future. They're not going to be the Cleveland Indians. Like, they're going to be in on these guys that they want. And sometimes they might come out with a guy like Josh Donaldson. So it's just – it's really exciting in, in so many different angles. And I know he doesn't seem like the happiest guy, though, in his interviews. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't seem super excited. But I think once he comes or goes to Minnesota – I keep saying comes. I've been in Minnesota for a month. Uh, I think once he, once he gets to Minnesota, like I think he's gonna love Rocco, and it seems sounds like he already does, and I think he's gonna love playing with Nelly, and I just think he's a great fit. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, I could be wrong. He could just go out there and, and uh, strain his calf again, which is entirely possible, and play five games in 2020, and uh, be like a 
clubhouse plague and like no one likes him and he requests a trade and it's this huge mess. But I think the uh, it's more likely that the opposite happens. Jeez, just bring up the negative, why don't you? <laughs> oh my goodness! Like, could there be a negative with him? I think he's perfect. I, I think you know, there's not, there's no such thing as a perfect human being. But I do think that that's false <laughs> because I, I do think he is perfect. Like Dude, I, we were just letting you talk till you got to this point where you just started going all <laughs> in. Guys, he's perfect. Okay, <laughs> he's the best ever. Best to ever play. We've gotten to the point where now Josh Donaldson is quite literally Jesus. I, I mean, we didn't need to get to that point, Matt. I'll tell you that at 9 a.m. this morning. I mean, it, it has to be 10, 13 central. Oh, it man. Be whenever during the day that I think Josh Donaldson is Jesus, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm sure that you you know that I think that. So, see, if you would have told me that at 9 a.m., it would have been 7 a.m. my time, and I wouldn't be interested oh, in hearing that at that time. So keep <laughs> that in mind. Sorry to just go off again. I mean, we started. Oh no! I, I, there's like no limits to this whatsoever. You can, you can do whatever you want. It's like well, I'm going to keep, keep you guys till midnight. So <laughs> we have no hey, rules. <laughs> if you're keeping it till my midnight, then something has gone really wrong. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's two a.m. I didn't even think uh, about that. Uh, anyways, um, so one thing you brought up, you want to talk about that wasn't Josh Donaldson. Uh, really? Is that was, right? Yeah, no, there was something, believe it or not. It was uh, pros- prospects to look at for 2020. And uh, so I wanted to know specifically, what did you, do you mean that, like, at the major league level by itself? Like, yeah. Also- yeah, I think I meant uh, impact the big league club. Like, I think if we talked about the minors, uh, Wander Javier would be a guy. Like, let's we just hope that he mm, finds, yeah. finds a way. Just find a way in 2020. Uh, but, yeah, I think about the major league level. Like, I've talked about it a lot on the podcast uh, in various segments. Who I think would be – and it's brought up, like, Ted did a, an article or a mailbag who he think, or he does it every year, I think, in the prospect handbook, uh, like the biggest impact prospect, right? So, I mean, I wanted to talk to you guys about what your, what your who your guys would be, rather, and who my guy would be. And I, I mentioned him early on. I think it is Duran. Like, I just think uh, – I think he's ready, and he throws upper 90s, and, and I think he's got a wipeout slider, a wipeout curve that's nasty, too. He's a big body, 6'5", like 230. Uh, pitched really well at high A. Didn't pitch as well at double A in Pensacola. Had a higher ERA, but, I mean, the strikeouts were the same, and he didn't give up many dingers at all. I think he has, like, 0.5 or half of a homer per nine innings in the minors, or he did last year. So I think Duran's that guy, whether it's out of the bullpen, I think they're going to want to keep him as a starter. I wouldn't be surprised to see him starting big games for the Twins in August. But I wanted to know who you guys think would be that Luis Arise type of uh, addition. Yeah. Um, for me, this guy actually uh, – oops, almost dropped my laptop there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, whoops. Anyway, my guy was with the team actually to end the year. I'm kind of excited to see what Jorge Alcala can do this year in the major league level because – Last year when he transitioned to the bullpen, he in the minors, he started, like, just as a starter, he was not playing well really whatsoever. They moved him to the bullpen, double A and triple A, and he starts pitching real well. You know, he's got a fastball, 95 to 98, and he can really get up there. And he pitched only one and two-thirds innings last season, and I don't know, he's 22nd on the Twins' top 30 prospects, but I enjoyed what he could do from the bullpen. And if he can, because the Twins, they have a couple spots that can be filled here and there throughout the season like he did with Duffy last year, to find out who would stick and who would not. But I don't know. I think he could be a guy that if he stays in the bullpen, he could be consistent and turn into, you know, a hard-throwing guy. 
because I like Duran as a starter, you said, but this is yep. a guy I think could fill a role in the bullpen this oh, year and he, pitch if well. He figured, if he was throwing strikes with the right, Celtics, exactly. I mean, he's going to be like a, a premium setup guy. Like, Definitely. even pushing, like, Raj uh, to close. Like, honestly, yeah. that, I think he has that upside, so I agree with you. Him, he was kind of overshadowed by uh, Gratterall last year when uh, – yeah, with all the hype. Called up at the same exactly. Time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he didn't get much talk at all, so I'm excited to see what he does this year. That's a good take. That's a good good pick, Cooper. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, it was just first. It's <laughs> <laughs> the first ever. Why do you say that, man? Right, well, you're next, huh? I, had to, I had to be me. Had to I love be. it. I love uh, it. So, yeah, I mean – it's kind of messed up for Alcala to get overlooked. It's easy to get overlooked when you throw 96. You know, the guy that gets mm-hmm. called up, there's 101. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, these things happen. So the two things I wanted to say, the first is, like, uh, to answer your question directly about your Luis Arias type, I don't envision him getting much playing time, and if he does, then uh, it's kind of along the lines of something has gone horribly wrong. But I'm very interested in Lamont Wade. Uh, mm-hmm. He just has that fantastic on-base ability. Yeah, and... He played a little bit, not too much, because Babbitt was just trash in the majors, so I wouldn't look at his uh, his numbers too much. But still walked a lot, didn't strike out too much. I think he has the ability to be a probably not ever a star, but at least a solid, contributing, everyday player, and that that has value at the major league level. But what I also wanted to say, and what I think is the most interesting and most exciting thing about this uh, current farm system and this current wave of prospects is it seems like they have a lot of guys that are just right on, like, the cusp of making it. Because uh, Royce Lewis he, uh, was at double-A. Kirilov spent the entire year at double-A. Duran was at double-A. Belzovic was technically at double-A for one playoff game, counting that. Uh, yeah. And Bruce Gradwell was in the majors for a little bit. So that's, like, that's five. Uh, Trevor Leonard was also at double-A. My bad, yep. Leonard. So that's six guys who are at double-A or higher, and all six feasibly at – different levels of, uh, realistically, could be at the major league level in 2020. That is a lot of high-impact players, along, sure. with, along with a team that's already pretty damn good. I, they won 101 games. I don't know. People forget that. So, Brent yeah. Rooker, too. I got another name in there. Yeah, Brent Rooker. Yeah, Brent unfortunately, Rooker he, he took one off the gonads last year and missed, like, the rest <laughs> of the season. <laughs> oh, is that what happened? Yeah, I, I oh, saw no. that happen. I was watching yeah. MILB.TV, and he took one. I'm like, did he just take one? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's not good. This just kind of came to me. Let me know if you think this is crazy, too. But uh, what if they think that those guys, like Blazovic and uh, Duran and, and, mm. and Brewstar, are their guys? I mean, that's also a risky endeavor. But right. what if they think that? What if they think that those are their guys, along with uh, Gobber and Smeltz and, and uh, Louis Thorpe? What if they, I got nicknames for these guys? You know that. Uh, what if they think? What if they think like Jordy Blaze? I like that one a lot. I didn't come up with I like that. Yeah. Jordy B. Uh, what is it? What if you? What do you guys think? Like, what, do they think these are their guys to fill that back half or even be an impact star? Like, I think Bruce Arc can be an impact guy as soon as twenty twenty. Well, it's it's a uh, extremely high upside, but also extremely high risk kind of scenario yep. going on because I mean. Gratterall, Balazovic, and Duran, they could all be, you know, one, two, three in a really good rotation someday, but we've also seen they can end up being in the bullpen or a Kyle Gibson Stewart. where you just wait yep. six years and, you know, they never really pan. Cole Stewart, yeah. Yep. And mm-hmm. You never know, but, I, I mean, I, I like, I'm really high on all three of them, obviously, because... They're like, twins prospects. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't help myself, but yeah. with Gratterall, even, he might end up moving to the bullpen permanently if anything else goes wrong with his arm, so I me too, not. I mean. 
Yeah. It's about time the Twins get a good, you know, really good start. Barrios, I hope he takes that next step this year. We need a developed, like, ace. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Cooper, what do you think about uh, Buck, like, a five-year, $45.5 million extension? So it'd be nine, about nine per year. I yeah, something like that. Yeah, How, he's got two years of control left, right? Three, three. But oh. I mean, if Brian, if the Brian grievance, uh, right? Okay. Uh, so you'd be uh, buying out, I, and then the sixth year I had is like a club option. So you'd be you'd be buying out like two two plus years of free agency. If he would take that, I would do it. The upside for Buck is insane. I mean, he's got MVP upside. Like, and at worst, he's in. 82 game player who provides you a 2.5 WAR, like yeah, that's still really good. Like I think, yeah, I pulled the trigger. I don't know if he takes that because yeah, maybe he plays well, he, he could get a lot. But yeah, I think he knows how good he is. Right, like Barrios, I think not taking yeah. an extension. That upsets me. I just oh gosh, I wish he. <laughs> I know it sucks. Like I want these guys to get paid, and and it's like that's another hard balance thing. Like you want Barrios to get to free agency, like he's gonna get paid, right? But at the same time, you want him to stay in a Twins uni, so maybe on a team be friendly deal, yeah. yeah. Right yeah, on a yeah. team friendly deal, yeah. But then at the same time, I mean, I think the Sano deal just made sense for all for everyone involved. But mm-hmm. I don't know, if Brios. I don't know if Brios would as much or if Buxton would as much, and I think he is probably still upset at the front office over the service time thing. So. I mean, I would like to see those extensions, but. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at. Matt, are you on the same page as me? I think we discussed this a little bit, but I don't know where you're at, I guess, with Buck and all that. Well, I mean, I think, it, yeah, I'm with that. I'd love to see him extended. Uh, as for that specific Buxton deal, I don't think he takes that simply because, right. like, he hasn't already. And if he's not going to stoop to that level, then I don't think he ever will. Uh, you're really going to have to, like, blow him away with a number to get him to sign an extension before it's free agency, or at least it seems like that at the moment. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, that could be true as well. I just kind of throw these together. But that was similar <laughs> to that. I know that Nola, like, they used the Nola deal as a, as a blueprint for Barrios, but times have changed. I don't know if we know that since last year with starting pitchers. Mm, <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're going to get Barrios on a Nola extension. I think they're going to have to, like, double it. Uh, or at least, like, give a little bit more than that. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think Buck knows his upside, and, and at the very worst, like, he's going to be a twin for three years. At the very worst, Brian wins his grievance, and then Buck wins his grievance, and we got him for two years. Uh, that's the very worst. But, I mean, at the very worst right now is that he gives you three really good years, and uh, healthy years, uh, hopefully. I guess the worst mm-hmm. would, be, that would be unhealthy. But <laughs> if, he can give, if he can give you three healthy years, that would be unbelievable, and I think you're right, Cooper. Like, he would be a four or five-war player, maybe even five-and-a-half, six. Yeah. Then if you put him with J.D., and J.D.'s like a five-war player, six-war player still, and then Sano. I mean, the, the upside of this team is unlimited. Exactly. Yeah, so. Sorry, we'll have a tangent again for you, Matt. <laughs> Are you kidding? Do you know how many tangents Cooper and I have gone off on? Like? Oh, gosh, I can't even imagine. I want to give you guys time, though, to close out, so I appreciate All you right. having me on. Well, thanks for being on. It was a great conversation. Yeah. You know what? I'm excited about this new guy. Uh, I wonder, a couple questions. What number is he going to be? I don't know. Mm. Uh, I don't know if he's going to take Rosie's 20. We'll see about that. Also, where's Rosie going to hit? There's just so many fun questions we're going to get answered in the upcoming weeks, so I'm excited. But thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, of course. Cooper? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, of course. I'm, yeah, wait, really excited for that. 
Thursday. If you're late, you don't get to come on. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Matt knows. I love the, the tight schedule. Yeah. Matt knows the drill. I mean, yeah. I, I don't. I, it's intense. True. You guys have rules over there? We don't know Matt, anything about that. Matt talked, Matt talked bad about Josh Donaldson on Twitter. He said he wasn't worth four years, and <laughs> he's been blocked ever since. So, uh, I mean, it, it's just going to take a big, hot Josh Donaldson good take for him to come back. So, Matt, I just want you to know that. You guys have a good night, okay? <laughs> All right. You too, yeah, you man. too. See ya. All right. All right, and we're back. We're talking Ash. That was a very uh, fun endeavor, and we said Josh Donaldson a whole lot. Yes, uh, it was a very change of pace for what this podcast usually is. I mean, if you were here looking for a usual relaxed, slow-paced podcast, then I'm sorry, but it was it was fun, and we both enjoyed it. We got a lot done there. We okay. all enjoyed it. I feel like I need to go work out now or something. <laughs> Just like our our talk on. Josh Donaldson was like, yeah, it's a good signing. Glad to have him. And, wow, he compared him to Jesus Christ. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> if there was a perfect human being, I'm like, what in the world are we even oh getting to? Oh, my God. <laughs> it was wonderful. Oh, it, it's, a fog, it's all a fog now. It's like the hour I spent with between the Josh Donaldson signing. It's like the same. Forgot it all. Everything's I'm not, just craziness. I'm not going to be back to normal until the morning. I, I have to, like <laughs> – Alright, whatever. Anyways, we're gonna finish this off with some fan questions. Uh, only two questions here. I get well, I never asked anything. It was just you, so I guess <laughs> that's probably why. Um, anyways. Yeah. Okay. Like you uh, ever get answers? <laughs> oh. Okay. Wow. You had it coming. You yeah. pulled one over on me there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I didn't hear that. Anyways, we have uh, from MN Twin Pinions. Out of the teams that lost 90-plus games in the 2010s decade, which one was your favorite and why? Which is such an off-the-beaten path, <laughs> but I love it. I absolutely love mm-hmm. it. So I actually I did a little bit of research for this one, which this is more research than I put into, like, the normal stuff we talk about. Uh, right. Usually that's just, like, off the cusp. So I went with the 2014 Minnesota Twins. Can't go wrong. Uh, can't go on with them. They went uh, 70 and 92. Uh, I decided to go with them because Brian Dozier had a great year. That was the year Phil Hughes was legitimately great. Um, let's see what else happened. Danny, and it looked like Danny Santana and Kenny Vargas were going to be the future of the Twins. So, Ugh. you know, and actually in doing this, uh, I was reminded that that lineup was really good. Like every uh, every player on Baseball Reference from for each position had an OPS plus over a hundred, but then you scroll down to the pitching and uh, wow, <laughs> really? I didn't even. I, yeah, I know, right? It's I was surprised, but yeah, you go down to the pitching and you're just like AJ Octor, Aaron Thompson, Chris Johnson, Michael Tonkin, Lester Oliveros. Oh, mm. good boy. Uh, Tr- Trevor May threw forty five innings for that team, so there's, there's a fun fact. Well, all right. <laughs> huh. My team, I, uh, I, you're done, right? Should I move on? I, I'm done. I mean, I could talk about this team, you know, for like I'm now. sure you could, yes. Let's let, let, stop it now. My favorite team decade besides the actually fun ones, um, uh, my favorite of the least favorites, the 2016 Minnesota Twins. 
2015, the 2015 year, they go 83 and 79. You go, oh, we're finally getting out of this rebuild. We've got some core pieces in place, you know, finally getting out. We've got big prospects coming up. Buxton, Sano, Barrios are all looking like they'll make a big impact on us. And then they lost, I think, 103 games, unless I'm wrong on there. But uh, Tommy Malone was good. He pitched that year. Tyler Duffy made a lot of starts. Irvin Santana was really good, surprisingly. But Kyle Gibson was awful. Ricky Nolasco pitched 21 games. Ugh. Oh, God. Yep. Um, yeah, no. But this was just the really exciting gap year in between the 2015, 83, and 79 season. And then the really fun 2017 year where they made the playoffs. This is just a year to... Calm us all down. Remind us that we're still in Minnesota, and everything <laughs> is not as fun. You know, Buddy Boshears pitched 37 games, and Kevin Jepsen pitched 33 with an ERA of 6.16. Like, oh. what more can you ask for here? What oh a great God. year. This is, this is horrifying. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, I, I do say, yeah, no. Uh, the one, granted, this might be, like, the only good thing that came out of the year, was Brian Dozier just went absolutely insane in the second <laughs> right. half. I think, what do you have, 41 home runs or something? I think it was 42, and he had a war of 6.3, which was the best in the entire Twins decade in a year where they were just god-awful. Yeah. Like, and yeah, 42 just, homers, yeah. I just distinctly remember, like, September uh, especially, where it would be the first inning, he hit off, he hit a solo home run for, like, a <laughs> week straight. I'm just like, what is this guy on? <laughs> Oh yeah, no, it was <clears throat> it was all it was an adventure. Like he was the only capable player. It seemed like I mean Joe Mauer was on the team, but he was he had seven fifty two OPS, and I don't know Joe Mauer slander here, but he wasn't the impact guy to carry the team. And Robbie Grossman was second on the team in OPS plus that season. Oh good, that, that that's enough to tell you, huh? I mean, more do you need? Oh, <laughs> so, what an adventure he was. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, it's horrible. Strange nostalgia for the evening. I don't even know what to call that. <laughs> so uh, the second slash final question, uh, which Twins pros- pitching prospect are you most excited to see at spring training? So we did just go over prospect talk with uh, Nash, but we can do it some more. Uh, considering I write about the minor leagues, I'm not opposed to talking <laughs> about prospects, or at least if I was, I'd, like, hate my job. Um <laughs> Should be weird, but th- you don't have to have the job. Well, I guess technically, is this just an optional job that you just I'm despise? Not, I was gonna say I'm not gonna get into like the finer points of whether this is a job or not, but well, uh, you know, it's, it's something I do when I get paid for. Right. It'd be funny that's if you a, just hated it though. It's called a job, Matt. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I'm a 401k, so, you know, it doesn't feel like it. Uh-huh. An incentivized hobby. <laughs> there you go. I love, I'm using that. Thank you. Well well done. But uh, out of – now, granted, there's a lot of pitching prospects I'm excited for, but the one I'm just really, like, pumped for for some reason is Jordan Balazovic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what, like, like Gratterall is higher on most lists and Duran is, like, equal. And granted, I love them both also. Don't get me wrong. This is, like – you know, right. having many children. I love them all. But Balazovic, I'm just like, I feel like he just has the stuff. He has the, the gumption. He has the whatever you want to call Like He just has the ability, I think, to be a really good starting pitcher for a long time. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, you know, right with you on that. I think he kind of came out of nowhere for me last year anyway. And he's 
I mean, I'm trying to check where he was ranked for Twins prospects in 2018, so I'm going to hang out. But the guy I'm excited to uh, see is the guy I think has the, mo- uh, has the most upside to be in the opening day rotation. I think that's Lewis Thorpe. I don't know if he's still a prospect. He pitched quite a bit last year, but out of the three that are likely to fill the last two roles, Dobnek, Smeltzer, Thorpe, unless Gratterall is ready to go back in rotation, I mean, I don't know. That's No one ever knows. I think Thorpe has the most upside there, and I'm excited to see what he has to do in spring training and you know what he can do going forward. So that's mine. And Balazovich was ranked 29th to starting 2018, and now he's like the best one in the organization. Interesting. Yeah, Balazov was sort of interesting, so I'll hop on a um, Thorpe for a little bit. He is technically still prospect, only at 27 and two-thirds innings. Most uh, rankings I've seen, you got to pass 50 innings, so okay. he hasn't quite reached that. Funny enough, uh, Devin Smelter pitched 49 innings, so he's still technically a rookie. Oh. Uh, weird, oddly enough. That's going to mess up, like, Twins Daily rookie votings for next year, but that's, that's <laughs> the whole thing in itself. Uh, anyways, for Balazovic, it was interesting. So like you said, he was ranked pretty low uh, coming into 2019. But I do remember specifically Keith Law was like, no, this is a guy to, to keep your eye on. You know, I, And he had him top 100. I think he even had him higher than Bruce Starter Adderall, which yeah. is like, I'm not going to go that far. But uh, he did predict his, uh, his come out, his uh, breaking out. And it was kind of, he follows like, now granted, I'm not like a professional. Scout, so I'm only, only repeating information yes. I've heard. But yeah, I know, right? I'm not. So we're finding out I'm not a lot okay. of fortunate. <laughs> I'm a fraud. I'm fraudulent. I'm sorry. Um, uh. But for Balazov, he was uh, a cold weather arm. He uh, uh, who had uh, solid mechanics. He had four quality pitches, and while the results didn't quite match up with you know that kind of pedigree and that kind of like. I don't know how to put it, like, ability to be better. Potential, right. I guess, is no, the I word. I, I, Apparently that's a word. I don't know. My brain doesn't work sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, the potential wasn't matching up. Well, yeah, no, that, that I've, like, lost vocabulary just from that interview. Um, <laughs> I keep trying to talk, too, and I'm like, I can't. It's not. we got to end this soon before we, like, just crash. <laughs> uh, oh, anyway, see, he had all that. It hadn't quite broken out yet, but definitely broke out in 2019. Very much looking forward to 2020. I assume he starts the year at Double A, and then could potentially be in the majors, which would be very fun. Yeah, I think he's obviously someone I'll be watching as well. And did last all last year. The, can't wait to start paying ten dollars a month for MILB.com again. Should be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, MILB. Yeah, it's more stuff I got to pay for. Oh, right. that's wonderful. <laughs> wait, can I write that off in like my taxes? Like this is part of my job or something. <laughs> Yeah, I need this to work, yeah. Yeah, can, can I do that? Is that a... I'm going to ask people about that. I don't let's, know. Okay, I shouldn't say this on air, but let's just tell the Twins Daily run owners to just hook us up with an like a joint MILB.com account. <laughs> this need like a, a group one for everyone, like how yeah, exactly. Netflix accounts. <laughs> yeah, I've got like, like six oh, people on, on MILB.tv right now. Right now. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man! I can't watch the Colonels. Right. <laughs> like, oh, I can't. that was that was a good call. I can't watch the Colonels. Can't watch the Colonels. I love it. Right. I got a good quote. I'm calling. I'm I'm done. I'm tapping out. Oh wait, I got to edit all this. Never mind. I don't get oh, to tap out. Yeah. Yeah. So say your prayers for me. 
Mm. <laughs> Anyways, I think that's about all we got. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. That's I'm done. I'm gonna hibernate for like an hour, and then come back out to edit right. all this. I I can't say it enough. I think I gotta do. Wow, that was that was interesting. It was fun, but it was just like, a change of pace. I feel like a <laughs> uh, like a whirlwind just broke into my house. <laughs> and like it left, and, and nothing was changed. But like inside, oh, that something definitely changed. Right, the first 20 minutes of this podcast, or if you were, uh, man, it was just relaxed, and we just went at it for an hour, like just going, 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 and here we are. <laughs> if, this, if this episode was a movie, people would bitch about the pacing of it. And yes. It would be entirely deserved. And no one would like the ending. It'd be horrible. Well, no one likes that. Oh, but they like the beginning because I finally changed it. Right. It's a, yeah, it's just changing things up anyway. There you go. Yeah, I think so we're good here. We've got those curveballs out of you when we're 26, 27 weeks deep in the middle. Anyways, yeah, that's it for me. It's for, actually, wait. We almost forgot. Uh, yeah. Self-promotion, self-promotions. So I wrote about the twins' great advantage that they aren't taking advantage of, someone inspired by the conversation we all uh, – us had with Tom. Us had with Tom. Wow. Great job, Matt. Us had with Tom. <laughs> so when are you offering uh, – when are your classes on clickbait? Because you nailed it in every boat, everything you did for about a day there. <laughs> I did. Thank you. Uh, so classes start next week. Uh, it's, I accept five bucks to flash a rack. Um, uh, and, yeah, that'll be it. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the arcade. And shout out to Cody who went along with it. Like, thank you. Yep. I appreciate it. No, yeah, I, I did read that. Your tweet, then clicked on it, read your opening paragraph. I was like, all right, he still won't tell me what it is. <laughs> oh, and the funny thing is, to some people, I didn't even get to it within the article. You're bitching about it in the comments. Oh, really? Never. Oh my god, it was a mess. I had to <laughs> like. I, and then I appreciated the one comment, uh, Nick Anderson is Salvi's David Ortiz. And I'm yeah, like, Thank I saw you for this. You have blessed me with the greatest thing I've ever read in my life. <laughs> oh, and for me, I've been, I was, you know, I've been wanting to write about Zach Littell for a few weeks now, but of course, because I'm weird and that's what I do. Anyway, but then Josh Donaldson signed, so of course I got to hop on that train. So I waited until this week to write about how he was and you know, how successful he was in 2019, became a two-pitch pitcher, and if it's sustainable, because sadly, every one of his numbers that we like to use was not good. His XFIP was a run and a half higher than his ERA. His hard hit percentage was that 50, everything was bad, but he is good and should improve. Anyway, that's what I did. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I read that. It was uh, very nice. I'm a... I'm a fan of Zach Littell, although you brought up the very odd Jaime Garcia trade, which I still don't understand. <laughs> yes. That was uh, an The Twins won that trade so. in the end. I mean, yeah, I get, the, well, unless they won the, the Oscar, you know, mm, like turns into. I mean, I guess you know, they, they won it right now. Anyway, I yeah, right finally now, finished finally. up. Yeah, that's it. I'm done with my words tonight. <laughs> I'm not going to speak the rest of the night. Me so. neither. I'm going to sleep. Uh, uh, <laughs> That's it from me. Uh, it was a great episode. It was fun talking. It was exhausting talking. And now we're done talking. Thank you for yes, listening. Man. And we'll be back next week.